This is Dr. Will Wong, and you're listening to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7, with your host, Eric Fiorello. Bravo! The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Today, believe it or not, it's the 16th of September, 2019, and I'll tell you right now, um, here in Albany, it's cooled down, which I love because this is the weather I like to train in, the cold and the snow. Most people stay inside and stay warm. I like being outside freezing to death. It's much more beneficial to the way I like to do things. But as I always say, stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Why? Because we've gone over this and we're going over it more and more with all the rewiring and you know, we're going to talk, I, I'm not going to bring him in this second because we got a few things to do, but we got John McKean on here. I've been trying to get him on for a long time. As everyone knows, I talk about him, uh, boyhood uh, hero, basically, when I discovered him first in Hard Gainer magazine. And if you don't have those, I know they're still available, I believe, through Stuart McRobert. I tell you, go out and get every article John ever wrote. I mean, that got me into so many things. It was he and Doug Hepburn, obviously Paul Anderson too, but it was John probably more than anybody that got me involved in the power rack to the extent when I started out to where I am right now. Um, and we'll get into that today because today's the Welcome to the Family show. We, For anybody that doesn't know John, we're going to just you know trail back on some history, but we're going to go full throttle with a lot of things here and you know we'd like to have john here as much as possible he writes for the fbc blog and um he's been a hell of a hell of a friend here let me tell you um more of a brother um you know just a guy that really gives a shit about physical culture and he and i and so many others we see the way things have slipped you know when we had clarence bass on here the other day it was dynamite. I've gotten so many comments. Oh, I can't believe he's on. I said, John, I announced it yesterday that John's coming on. And, you know, everybody's like, I'm, I've been looking forward to this show forever. Well, you've got him here now. And we're going to make it good today and start, I hope, a big lifeline of this stuff. But remember this. You're all winners and champions, unstoppable. That's how you talk to yourself. And there's other ways I'm going to teach down the road when something happens, how to shift the paradigm, as they say. Um, go out and look, start listening to Bob Proctor. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And the thing that fired him up was the book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Go and listen to Bob. I'm telling you right now, you'd be amazed. That man has been around forever. You want to talk? I, I'd love to get him on the show. If anyone knows Bob it listens to his show, tell him we'd love to bring him in here. Believe me. Also, too. Go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions, Inc. That's the premier product I have. 
That's 14 um, digital downloads, basically, there. And it starts from everything. Heist Shrugs, which you never hear about. J.C. Heist. Um, obviously, power rack training, stone lifting, sandbag, you know, uh, thick bar work, etc., etc. Um, there's other people who got it out there, but we do it better. That's just the way it is. And everything that comes out of this camp is done we don't go out and profess about anything that we don't do here. And I think that is called authenticity, and we've been called that multiple times. Also, too, another big thing here, invest in both companies, FBC and M&M. Um, there's a Prosperity Conscious page on FiorelloBarbellCo.com, $25.50, It goes right to my PayPal account, goes right into my checking account, and it goes right into the business. No funny shit here. And I'll tell you, there's over 1,200 shows. We're going to be up the 29th, five years of this month. So what's that? Uh, about 13 days. That is unbelievable just in that. We've been up a total of six years. FBC started the ball rolling. And then I don't know how it all happened, but um, the law of attraction definitely brought me to podcasting, without a doubt. Also, too, go out to Fiorello, or I'm sorry, MotivationMuscle.com, slash category, slash podcast. John's show will be up tomorrow. John now will be joining the ranks now of that huge library I just talked about. Also, too, go out to MotivationMuscle.com, our MailChimp account. Sign up for a free newsletter. It goes in there, and you know how I am with content. We are just huge, huge with content. Also, too, another way to invest in here, go out to uh, motivationmuscle.com. Inv- investment as in far as advertising. The rates are very, very um, easy to deal with. We're going to be here for another 30 years, and we want to help you, and you can help us, and that's what it's all about, creating, even if they're invisible handshakes, you now are partnering up, partnering up with people that are like-minded and want to work together. And that's what it's all about. Also, too, don't forget about our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company. Real men, real strength, and real power. And on that note, I am going to bring John's bio up here. Now, John, like Dr. Juan Carmina, he's been around for a long time. I'm going to read this whole bio because he deserves to have it read mostly, in my opinion. As when I do the show notes, obviously, I'm going to have to cut it down. But I want to give you everything so you, you get to meet John if you haven't. Number one, he's going to be turning a young 74 this December. He's been competing in all aspects of the Iron Game for 57 years. So as far as I know... I think now Clarence Bass might have the most, but John and Carmen Caputo right now are both at 57 years. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, He's lifted in hundreds of meets, having won national titles in Masters Age Olympic-style weightlifting and powerlifting, and he's acquired nine world titles in IAWA, that's all around weightlifting, currently holding 335 USAWA national all-round records. As a retired middle school math teacher with a master's degree in guidance and counseling, John put to good use all the writing required in college by having self-discovery articles published in about every available strength journal. He was quite involved with the sport during the golden age of power rack training in the 1960s and has continually trained with, researched, and written about this dynamic system um, ever since. Now, 
Well, that ought to hold, you know, I love when he says that ought to hold him. Heck, regarding, well, let me tell you something. John's a real modest guy, and, you know, we I, I've been going after him for years to come on here. Um, and, you know, you don't keep pushing, but I just kept pushing enough, and finally he was comfortable coming on. And with the wealth of knowledge he has, boy, are you going to learn some stuff today and from this point on. Hey, John, you know it's an honor. We talk a lot. Um, All you've done for me, and I hope I have returned some stuff to you, but you are a very inspiring guy that, you know what I like? uh, You stick to your guns. You never went away, and you're still doing what you love to do, and that is more important than anything in the world. So it's an honor, my friend, and welcome to Motivation and Muscle, sir. Well, thanks, Eric. It's great to be here and uh, great to say hello to all the guys. Uh, yours is the only site uh, available, in my mind, that is really putting out the real stuff on how to gain strength. Yeah. Everything I see these days is just uh, so much fluff. Uh, I started going to a, a local gym just to accompany my wife, and they had a new power rack, and I see stuff that I can't believe is even training or physical culture, but uh, hopefully we'll get it real to the people that are really interested. Well, I think, you know, you and I have talked so much about with the kids, and it doesn't matter, you know, the 20s, 30s, middle-aged. I mean, I've had notes from one lady who was 80 years old that said, you know, I don't understand a lot of the stuff you guys are talking about, but I'm still active and I love to walk. And she says, your enthusiasm is what drives me to do that. And it does, it, it doesn't matter what they want to call it. If it's helping them and we're educating them, that's more than anything I could ever do for anyone. But but the thing I think that sticks out from this show, John, and, and, not, and, and with you and so many others on here – is I can't emphasize this enough, is that we actually do what we talk about. And that isn't real prevalent in today's world. Look, anybody can throw a website up that looks great. You can go out and pay a hundred grand for a website. And, oh man, and, you know, I'm getting all kinds of traffic. I'm making sales. But what happens when someone buys a product from you? You can't back the product up. You don't know. And then suddenly it's like, uh, no one's answering the phone. And suddenly the website went defunct. That'll never happen with us. We're going to be here the day they plant me. And that's where we're going to start. I just want to start a few short things with you. And then we're going to start really getting, getting into some, I'm sure of the mental end, but, you know, we're going to start talking power rack. We're going to talk. I'm not going to get into something I'm working on right now. John knows about it, but you might be seeing some real interesting stuff coming out of here, even in the next two weeks. But, John, what I want to ask you initially, because when we welcome you to the family, your origins of training, what got you fired up in the physical culture? And I know you were a young man when you did it, a kid. I mean, what what got you so captivated? I mean, look, you've been training 57 years. Something definitely grabbed you. So what started you out, sir? Well, first of all, I've been actually training 60 years. I've been competing 57 years. But uh, uh, what happened was, uh, as a junior high kid, I was uh, the typical little fat kid in the class. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I looked around and the girls started looking pretty good then. And I said, well, if ever I 
am going to ever have a date, I better start, you know, taking some of this fat off. Yeah. So I, I did push-ups. I rode my bike. Uh, and basically, not knowing anything about nutrition in eighth grade, I starved myself. I was anorexic. <laughs> uh, so I got re- real thin. But, you know, I lost whatever little muscle I had. And about then, some of the guys, uh, notably my cousin, were into lifting weights. And I did it a little bit with them. Then the big thing was the press. Yep. I couldn't compete with anybody. I was the weakest one in the neighborhood. Okay. Uh, so shortly thereafter, uh, I think that Christmas, uh, my parents got me a set of weights that I'd asked for. And there was a, a wonderful booklet by Bruce Randall from the Billard Barbell Company. Yep. Uh, and just seeing him and his story and what they said about eating and training and the wonderful exercises really got me into it. Uh, so I, I started that uh, with a vengeance. Then my cousin got me introduced to the uh, uh, various magazines, Iron Man, Strength and Health, uh, legendary things. And, you know, it just fired my imagination as to what would be possible. Uh, you know, I disregarded the fact that I was small boned, uh, didn't really have uh, uh, any ability to lift or to to even have uh, a musculature but i thought well i can do it mm-hmm. in other words i didn't know what i was doing i was totally ignorant and that was the biggest blessing i've ever had so i just went into it full force well you know what it is too i was going to say you know you were it was like you were just going in blindly because you know today's world if someone went, you know, everybody's got to uh, size everybody up, this, that, and the other thing, and say, well, you know, you can only do this or you could do that. And we know how many people now are set by limitations from other people, which exactly. is absolutely insane. Now, if you were in today's world, you never will. In my opinion, I, I know you enough where I know you've got the will of iron. But if you've just got them constantly talking in your ear and saying, Ah, John, you're too small. You'll never squat over 500 pounds, and you'll never be able to move stuff in a power rack, et cetera, et cetera. Chances are you would have bought into that bullshit. And see, that's where I draw the line from your era to like today. You didn't have, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, the internet wasn't there, which, you know, to me, it, it's a blessing, good or bad. It depends how you use it. It's like anything. But the thing that you had, like so many others, you know, when you talk about Bruce Randall, and maybe we'll even hit upon him a little bit because that that's a wild story in itself, is you had people out there, whether you knew them personally or not, you could look up to somebody, read their articles. You know, there's nothing like reading an article to get you all fired up. And what are they doing here and this and that. And you didn't have the pretty gyms, and you didn't have everybody prancing around. And if you did, you had nothing to do with them anyway. So, you know, the edge I think that you had and still have is not only did you have that deep-seated belief in yourself, but you know what? It's like, let's go out and see what we can do here rather than say, I know I can't do it. What's the point of either even getting involved? And that's all. I can't say it's all, but I I hear and see just multitudes of this now. So this, I mean, this is what I like about you know you bring a guy in that's been training sixty years, obviously. 
we could say he's seen everything, but I'm sure there's going to be more he's going to see before he leaves uh, the world, too, like myself. And as you got along, obviously, you started competing. Um, you know, anything I read, obviously, about you is all in the hard gainer. But just elaborate a little bit more, and then, and then let's just kind of shuffle into – you know, the hardcore stuff we love to talk about. Let, we'll get into some power rack today, and we'll let the show flow. So take it away. Okay, well, you know, from, from you know, my humble beginnings, uh, it's like you said, there were no limitations that I saw. Uh, I just, you know, uh, saw the magazines and read the stuff, and it was all about strength yeah. back in the 60s. And I thought, well, I can do this. And, of course, I wanted to get my press up. And uh, I did the exercise. And I started gaining muscle a little bit. uh, And I started picking up on that press a little bit. But not as fast as I would have liked. So I cheated. I started, (laughs) uh, instead of doing the three sets of 10 and everything that that I'd been doing, uh, I, I started looking around. I was training in my basement. Nobody was around. Figured, hell, I'll just start singling. Yep. You know, and all of a sudden my press was going up and up and up. And I, I thought to myself, I find something that nobody else knows. I'm cheating. Uh, and pretty soon, uh, not only was I up with the, the uh, fellows in the neighborhood, I was surpassing them. Yep. Uh, and then every place I'd went, that was always my goal. Catch up to the people in the various gyms and then surpass them. Yep. And then. You know, as I was into this, what really, really influenced me is about a little bit into this, a little bit later, this is when uh, the the York organization first introduced isometric mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, uh, uh, isotonic racks and so forth. And I thought, well, I'll try this. And uh, along with my press, as I'd go down to my cellar, I noticed the steps going down and the ledge there from the next room up, uh, if I stood at various places, I could get three positions on the press Yep. and just press against that. All of a sudden, the press starts going up even more. Wow. Okay, so, uh, you know, back from that humble beginning, uh, I was already, you know, early on into the isometric part of it and find, finding the results. Uh, so, you know, then it was just a logical step up to, uh, incorporate the two and then put them into other lifts as well. Let me ask you this too. I mean, obviously we know all the story. Well, not probably mostly, not everybody knows some of the stuff, you know, much more than me. Um, and you know, I've read it a million times, you know, they'll, they'll always, this is like the brush on the power rack. It's like. Well, they were all on Diana Ball, so anything would have worked. Now, I'm here to tell you, that's a load of crap. Because if you know how to properly train in a power rack, and we're not, I'm not even talking about doing the stuff we're doing. You know, pull them from various, you know, heights, we know that. If you want to start doing some pushes or pulls against another set of rods, I would say go do it. But, you know, it's like anything. you got to toughen up and learn this thing. But... You know, I always say this about any of this stuff, anabolically, whatever. And, you know, they'll say, well, they took this, so that's why they're at. Look, you you can't be naive with any of this stuff. If that was the case, anybody could have worked in a power rack and had success of Bill March or John McKean. Anybody could have taken Diana Ball, 
We know that Bill, well, I don't know, but I've read things about Bill and a few others, a lot of others there, and I don't care. But it's the same thing. Well, if everybody takes Diana Ball, then you can have all the gains they did. It's a load of crap because with anything you do in life, anything, especially when you're in business, anything, you got to put the work in. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, John. Take it. Well, you know, the the thing is, you know, that the uh, uh, stuff that they had found out about uh, Diana Ball didn't didn't nobody knew about any of this back when I was training. Uh, And that didn't surface till uh, a couple years later. But even uh, at that, uh, the the use of Diana Ball was so. So small, from what I understand, that it wouldn't have made any difference. And in fact, uh, if you want to look back at at the use of a a power rack and everything, uh, this actually occurred back in 1850. Wow. Uh, I I think I've told you before about uh, Dr. George uh, Baker Winship. Yes. Uh, and he he uh, was a physician that wanted to build himself up. And basically, you know, his story revolved around where he built this big rack and he was doing basically a hand and thigh lift, as we call it in all runs. Very short range type of thing. But yep. if you look at it, what he had indeed was a rack. Now, of course, there were no drugs back then. And right. this guy developed phenomenal strength uh, they they said even though he only weighed 145 he he was the you know strongest man in the world at that time mm-hmm. uh just with the things he did and then later on uh another fella uh butler was his name from new york sort of took uh these ideas and built a rack of his own and he was doing uh basically a uh a high straddle lift mm-hmm. uh you know on his rack and he went from uh, a physical specimen so bad that when he went into doctors early on, they said, well, you're, you're in such bad shape. Just go home, lay down and die. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, he built, he decided not to go that rot and started training this way. And he became very successful. And that was about the only thing he was doing is training in his rack with this, uh, you know, very high straddle lift. Uh, he called it the health lift, and wow. he, was, he was a bit of a marketer and, yep. you know, ve- became very popular, owned a whole string of gyms. I would have loved to have trained in his gym. Uh, he suggested to all his clients, you come in, you know, two, three times a week, you do four singles with this, and you're out of there. Wow. <laughs> That's my type of training. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know what it is? You and I both know if you try to train the standard way of training in a power rack, you're either going to get broken or you're going to get so, I hate that word overtrain, but you're going to overtrain your body to the point where not only is it going to just shoot itself basically, but here's the, here's the biggest thing of all, no recovery and you die mentally. Now, for anybody that's ever gone over the line and can't get back, you know, I love everybody saying, well, I'll back off for two weeks. Maybe yes, maybe no. But my impression, and John can correct me on this, any time that I've gone balls to the wall in the power rack and way too much, because let's face it, everybody, if you're handling weight, the next time you go in, the weight that you put on even feels lighter. What's What are you going to do? You're going to go as far as you can. But the thing is, when you hit the wall, you get that one workout where, like, 
Jesus, that fell awful easy uh, six days ago, and I can barely even move that now. There's an indicator. Now, if you catch it and you can back off, that's great. But I think the, the, you've got to be very, well, I hate that word, careful. How about respectful in the power rack where John had, John had we, you know, we've been going over and over with the middies and all that. And, you know, he's always got great stuff he's sending me and, you know, uh, with Ziegler and and uh, uh, Bill March and all that, and talking about you know these guys weren't going ninety, you know they say hundred percent. I don't know if there's such a thing, but let's just say mid nineties or ninety. You know, you're always thinking that way. But the thing is, you know, you never think those guys of backing off. Well, you know, there they were, a couple workouts in a row, maybe going fifty percent. Now fifty percent would be nothing to them, but how does the mind know? It's only 50% unless you tell it. The point of the matter is you've got to give yourself time to recover because you heard you heard uh, John talking about prior to I, I took over, you know, four singles, you know, a workout. Are you kidding me? People laugh at you today. What do you mean? I, here's the thing, though, I'll say, too. I love it. Well, I need to take 10 days off. I haven't taken a week off in maybe nine months. Oh, geez, I'm afraid I'll lose. Well, if you've been training correctly for even a decade, five years, how the hell can you lose anything? You're going to feel better when you come back. Obviously, you're going to have to rev your, your uh, motor up a little bit and get back where you were. But the time off is something that you need to do, and it's critical. And with power rack training... Um, it's like you got to slide it in heavily and then pull it out, you know, lightly at times. And I do believe that's the longevity. I'll give this to you in one second, John. But one other thing on my mind, too, that we're going to get into, if not today, is we talk about rewiring of the mind and what I'm doing, whether it's the cold-tempered water or the way I am structuring how I deal with everything now. If something happens, what am I doing to do a paradigm shift to something else? You know, when we say, like, Doc Ridge, keep smiling, it shifts you right off from whatever's going on. And immediately you got to do something because you only have five seconds to do that, or it's all over. Go out and – I'm studying stuff with the mind. It would just blow your head off right now. All right, so – I'm going to go right to John, but this is something John and I have talked about. This could be a show. This could be something that's going to come out because John knows right now I am working on a new bar for um, Dead Start Squatting just out of some necessity right now, um, and this is going to be interesting stuff. So, John, it's yours, but that I do believe, I've said this on shows, and I've said this to you, I do believe that Power Rack rewires your brain. Take it away, sir. Well, you're right about that because uh, you you absolutely have to concentrate uh, and get that mindset that you're going to, you know, actually uh, train maybe beyond 100 percent at some times. Dr. Ziegler himself said uh, that, you know, uh, when they ask him, you know, uh, what's what do you know when you're doing too much? He says, whenever you're lifting something, you can't. Uh, you know, Absolutely. and, and, and yep. that's, that was actually what his goal was. And they cycled toward, toward that goal. But, uh, something that very few people, uh, have read about these days and understand is that, uh, when Bill March, uh, and Lou Reek were training, yep. uh, in the rack, uh, Ziegler actually would hypnotize them before the workout. Wow. He wanted 
the absolute total concentration. So, you know, now uh, there were, you know, uh, I don't know the details about it other yep. than uh, the fact that uh, Dick Smith, who was York's trainer, who yep. was in charge of driving Bill March to the workout every day, it was a two-hour trip, uh, down to Ziegler's place. Uh, but he verified, uh, as did Bill Starr, that they were hypnotized before they would lift. Uh, and then they were able to put this entire focus uh, into what they were doing. So, you, you know, there's yeah. a lot to the mind in that, obviously. Oh, totally. But, you know, I, and that's something I want to ask you, too. Obviously, it was a different time. But when you hear, you know, when you read these things and you hear people talking about what was going on in your era, especially, especially with York and, and the power racks and, you know, the Olympic lifting, all that stuff. Um, what I always get a sense of, and even when I talk to you is, and, and, and maybe it's just me inventing it in my head, but I don't think so. It's like there seemed to be more of an excitement to what these guys were doing. Like, I know when I go out, you know, you and I have talked so much about the rack and going out and the weather and this and that. You know, like yesterday, things didn't go real well training yesterday for me. There's a lot of things. I'm not getting into it. But there's one bar in particular that was giving me absolute fits. That's why I've designed another one, and we're going to have that built, I hope, by the weekend or early next week. Um, one thing, though, I do find out there, especially with the rack and, and how we talk about the middies and, you know, what are you doing? What movements are you doing? We don't need to do a lot. We need to keep the reps, obviously, at singles, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we are, you know, this has been around, but it's like John and I are, are re-pioneering this to our own way and what we're going to learn down the road. I mean, I came up with this idea with the bar out of necessity, but this bar, if it works to the way it's, uh, I have it planned, I think there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to want to buy a bar. That whether we can get the bars and put them in production, I don't know. We got to get me right now going. John would get the second bar, obviously, because I want his input. But this is what I'm saying. It seemed like in your era, and maybe I'm misreading it, and when I talk to you, there's just seemed to have been, um, I don't, I, I know the word I want to use, and it doesn't come to mind. Um, Oh, geez, I can't think of it. It'll come to me. But it was more of this spontaneity, this, you know, uh, you had something to look towards. It Now it, it's a lot different. It always is like, these are the reasons why I don't know if you can do it or be careful with this and all that. And I don't think that way. So when I go out there and I'm alone and I'm hauling big weights, whether it's pushing against things, pulling against things, whatever I'm doing, I always just have this this feeling inside that, you know, it's only going to get better. And no matter what happens, like yesterday, I got knocked on my ass. I mean, I got knocked out basically yesterday. Uh, And I'm not afraid to admit it because if you can't admit it, you're never going to get better anyways. You have workouts like that. But um, it just always reminded me, John, when I talked to you that you guys just had a different attitude and it always seemed like, let's go out and get after it. It's all yours. 
Well, yeah, you're right, because, uh, uh, again, back in the 60s, the whole idea was strength. Uh, and, you know, even though there were a lot of bodybuilders competing, they were all lifters, too, back then. Yeah. It's not yep. like the pumpers today and, you know, gee, let's just pump and take drugs and we'll get big, which they do. But they yep. look they look like clowns. But the yep. guys back then looked like men. Uh, yep. And they trained in strength, but also you got to remember that there were was a tremendous amount of promotion, uh, particularly from Bob Hoffman, sure. uh, and then you know some of the others that were free thinkers like uh, Perry Rader of Iron yep. Man uh, yep. would promote this, and then uh, you know we, we'd have other guys also that started experimenting with it. Uh, guys like Bob Simpson, Stan, Stan Lampert and everything that would write articles about it from their uh, perspective. And you're right. Everybody had maybe a slightly different uh, uh, look at it. But yeah. there was that excitement because, uh, of course, Hoffman was producing these damn racks sure, like, sure. like peanuts because he was making jillions of dollars on it. Uh, yeah. And the you know they were around everywhere, so a lot of excitement. Gyms had them. Uh, home home people started getting in their own racks and everything. Uh, the problem was, uh, it was not ever when you after they got to doing it, everybody had them, but the excitement waned because yep. sooner or later the guys said, "Well, this isn't as fun." as doing a clean and press, the full movement. Right. Uh, this isn't as fun as doing a heavy deadlift all the way from the floor up. And they were right. I mean, I've even fallen into my into that trap myself. Mm -hmm. But the simple fact was that uh, none of those, none of the regular lifting had the results that no. rack training would for those that really stuck with it. Yeah. And not a lot stuck with it. That, you know, it's just too easy of a trap to get back into the regular lifting. And I've yeah. always said that the regular, you know, if you do a regular deadlift or the presses I did when I were young, they're all isometric anyway. Yeah. But you know what I was thinking too, John, you know, like your grandson, obviously I've had him up on etched in stone and etched in stone for kids, Danny, my nephew, and obviously Lawrence, Charlie's son. And, I've said you and I have talked about this, and obviously your grandson is already doing stuff in the in the power rack, which is absolutely incredible. And you know, Danny's my nephew, and and you know, it's a little different where you know kids are doing stuff all the time, blah 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 blah. And you know, I've said you know, with football right now, my brother-in-law, it's like it's almost like you can't even get to him now. But I'd love to, as I said you know, start getting him here over at least once a month. And I know he's going to be a big kid. He's pretty big right now. And he's growing at nine like crazy. And, you know, everyone's seen him doing the strongman stuff and everything. But when I see John's grandson doing the stuff he's doing, and, you know, I would just like to take Danny and get him, you know, start him with a squat, empty Olympic bar, right in the power rack, and just start getting him doing it with an empty bar of singles. The last one we do, do an ISO push. Uh-huh. Just, just to get him started because we know what that stuff does, man. That, that gets you from the top of your forehead right down to your little toes. And I just think – see, you know what I like about it? I always think this way with the rack, John, is this. 
It's like, how much more explosive power can I build? How many more ways can I figure how to do things? You know, I talked to uh, John the other day, and I was telling him, you know, and this is this is not new news. If you go out and listen, I think it was the last show I did with Bud Jeffries, I talked about how I will put one rod at, say, number 12 in my rack and one at 13 and come off at an odd angle. Why? Because I always felt that that built a different style of strength. Maybe people would argue with me and say, it does nothing but get you hurt. Well, it never did. That was one of the things I did. The point of the matter is, your imagination, to me, is the only thing that's going to stop you from being, if you want to be the greatest man, woman in a power rack, of course, look, John's been doing it 60 years. It's not going to happen in a week. That's my point. And when John says things like, well, you know, I'd rather do a clean and press or deadlift off the floor. Yeah, to a point. But let me tell you, there's nothing like taking a monster weight that should just snap you in half and, and move it two inches and hold it for three to six seconds. And I'm not talking like one, two, three and dropping it. I'm talking it to it almost feels like your forehead's going to blow right off you. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You know, this. You know, when we talk about the rewiring, this is what rewires you. Think about that. When you are literally in there and it's you make it life or death pretty much to you, you get under that bar, man, you're snorting like a bull, and either you move it or you don't. Well, I think that – go ahead. Take well, it. I, I mean, you know, just, just reminded me of a funny story uh, in two ways. First of all, you talk about uh, training the, the young people and everything. This yeah, is yeah. where the rack has an advantage because you tell them, hey – we're going to go down, we're going to do three exercises, maybe two sets of each, uh, and you're out of there in, uh, you know, uh, in, yeah. uh, in about three minutes. Uh, yeah. This is how I reach my grandson. Uh, secondly, you know, he'll be up here playing his video games. <laughs> I'll come up here and say, you want to keep watching these? You better get your <laughs> ass on and rack. <laughs> he'll run down. But the other thing being, you, know, you say the strain and everything, the kids yep. actually enjoy that. Uh, I had too heavy a weight on the on the bar uh, in my power rack for for Dre, at least in yep. my opinion. And I said, yep. Dre, how about trying this so I can take a photo? Uh, I, I said, D- is that too much weight? He says, I can always try it. And that, that's his attitude. And he goes in yep. and after after he did it. Uh, I said, you know, wow. I said, you really impressed me. You're all red faced and everything. He says, <laughs> he says the red face had nothing to do with lifting the weight. He says, it was all I could do to keep from shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's what it does to you. It, it goes right through you. Look, the best thing that ever has happened is the rack with me. I mean, you know my feeling with stones. I've been to Iceland twice. I plan on going again, obviously. But I'm here to tell you, if you understand what this thing can do and institute it properly, um, there isn't going to be much you can't lift. But here's the, here's a disclaimer I want to tell everybody. If you're not going to go in there and after this, Full speed, full strength. Now, let me just say this. If you've never done rack work, you better find somebody, myself, John, somebody that has either material or you can work with, and obviously it's not going to be cheap either. That's my point because you're getting loads and loads of work that we've done through the years 
And, you know, you're just not going to go and find that in a magazine. You'd be lucky this day if you could find a power rack in any of those muscle rags, I'm sure. But my point is this. It's a piece of equipment that was utilized at one time, fell out of favor, as a friend of mine used to say, who worked down the old Y where they had an old rack. He said, if you look at power racks in any gym now, most of them are just hanging their clothes off it. And that's true. I've been in gyms in the past, and they weren't sissy gyms either. They were kind of middle of the road because, obviously, it's like everything. People come in and buy these places that know nothing about training, but they want to get in on whatever is popular at the time. They've got the collateral. They don't care at that point, and that's what you see. You know, and then we know the same old thing. You're going to see a sign, no no chalk in here, no yelling, no big dumbbells, you know, uh, be courteous to everybody, the whole fucking bullshit that ends up putting gym after gym after gym after gym out. Now, look. I think you should be courteous to people and put all your stuff away. If I owned a gym, a commercial gym, well, here, I don't let anybody get away with anything. But if I owned one, if you didn't put the stuff away, I'd automatically kick you out of the gym. I don't give second chances with that. You should know better than that. And this is one of the things where these gym owners went wrong. They try, you know, and I understand you got to make money. I got it. But there's other ways to bring money into your business what you need to do is you need to create an aggressive atmosphere where people are working out. They are courteous of each other. But when you walk in there, it's like eyes front. You know where you're going, and you get started. It's none of this shit where everybody's like shaking hands and smiling away and how you doing today. And I'm watching the guy. He's using maybe a pair of 25-pound dumbbells, and he weighs 250. All right? So that's my point, and one of the advantages of the rack, no matter where you do it, I have three of them here. I have two that actually work, one that's ready to go in wherever I'm going to be next. I, I could have half a dozen power racks because each one would be loaded for a different thing. They are just so damn good. They're so safe. We didn't even talk about the safety factor of these things. You know how to put rods in and put a pin through the back? Well, then you're not going to have any problem, okay? Not like when you're in, and I've seen guys in racks, you had to go pull them up. They squat too heavy, they go to the floor. Well, I should say it would push them almost through the floor. Hell, you know, it's basically, you know, the help's going out. You got to get them off there. If you're going to use a rack, put the rods in. Measure your height, whatever you want. If you feel you got to go parallel or an inch or two below, that's what a tape measure is for. I always have one in my bag or wherever I am. I've got one out in my garage because we've got to have it for what we want to do. You have to be precise with that stuff. So if that's how you want to use a rack, good for you. But my whole thing is this. Let's lift, pull, press. Let's friggin' squat as heavy as we can in that and get real fired up and enthused. I mean, if you look at mine... When you walk in, when you're walking down my driveway and the doors open, dead straight ahead to the whole back of the garage is my black rack, which is lagged right through the platform that goes right through the cement floor. That thing wouldn't move ever. All right. So you want to talk about a visual right away? I mean, you're going to get a visual when you come up the last third of the driveway with the stones and the tires and everything. But when you step foot and you are at right at the edge of that garage door, let me tell you, that 
big black rack is staring you in the face and just daring you to come try them. It's all yours, John. Well, <laughs> again, it reminds me of something funny because uh, the the rack I have was uh, uh, like custom built for me by a pair of engineers that I'd, yep. I'd done them a favor and everything. And it's bolted into the floor and into the ceiling. It's there huh. as long as this house is here. The only yep. thing I hadn't planned on back then when I put that in is that uh, as my older son, Rob, kept uh, growing and got got his own room. Uh, yep. The room is right above the power rack. So <laughs> if I'm there yep. early in the morning or late at yep. night, uh, ever trying anything, all the vibrations go straight up through his bed into yep. him. And I've been told about that more than once. <laughs> sure, sure. But you know what? Hey, look. He knows. I mean, he was a champion teenage lifter. I mean, we anybody that read Hard Gainer. Go out and look at the stuff Rob did, man. I mean, you know, unbelievable stuff. You know, though, what I wanted to ask you, because I, I wanted to ask you this the other day, and we got talking, and I forgot all about it. You know what I'm very interested in, and when I have a different place, I want to hang chains like they did. Now, I know that's the same concept we talk about with the power rack. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I want to, you know, bolt them into the roof or however they would do it, where obviously we don't want to pull the roof down with it, but however we do it, I want, you know, the big toe chains coming down. We wrap the bar and press them. Now, what I wanted to ask you, I mean, see, I'm a visual guy. You walk in somewhere and you see that, and you see this monster power rack, and you're like, this guy's no bullshit, period. All right, but Back in the day, did you ever go to any establishments and use anything like that, John? With the the change, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, this is crazy, and it'll okay. show you, you know, what a what a complete whack job I am. But I decided one time uh, I I was into competitive powerlifting, and uh, I had had a number of squat records. And somebody took my squat record at I think they did four sixty. Uh, okay. and this, and I couldn't get, you know, train as I would then I couldn't get past that. Uh, this was in the 165 division. Uh, so I said the hell with it. I, I quit going to, to my gym, which was a hardcore gym. And I said, I'm just going to train at home in my mother's garage. She, yeah. she had a two car garage. So what I did, uh, is I had, you know, talk to Paul Anderson about this, and he suggested I do the regular squat and superset it with heavy quarter squats. Yep. And I thought, well, the only way I'm going to squat at home heavy uh, in the garage is if I put chains around the bar for when I miss. And this included for the quarter squats. So wow. I'm taking them, I, I hung them from the beam going across yep. the garage, uh, yep. and I... I have to think, I think I just S-hooked them or something. Uh, So those things could have fallen. Anyway, I'm there quarter squatting with like 800 pounds with just these damn chains. (laughs) And and I think about it to this day, and I thought, why didn't I kill myself? Because, you know, I I didn't miss any of the quarter squats ever. But a couple of the regular squats I did, and I remember the first time I thought, well, here's the test. Is this bar gonna dangle in these chains or is it gonna go right through my mom's floor 
Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, it caught it and it held him pretty well. <laughs> but That's but awesome. the crazy thing was, you know, what you have to get used to when you do something like that, uh, both for the squatting and the quarter squat, is the chains don't hang evenly. You're clanging okay. those all the way up and all the way back down. It's like like a train track. Rack, 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 rack. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, I did that. And, uh, you That's know, awesome. Then the moral of the story was after that training, uh, my first meet after that was, of all places, inside a maximum security prison. We, we got uh, invited in to uh, train and lift and everything. Yep. And yep. my opener was 500. Now, remember, Holy the, shit. the record was way down at 460, and my personal before that was, uh, I think, 455. And I opened wow. uh, and the prisoners in there uh, who made the uh, huge audience went – Ballistic. They'd never seen a 500 pound squat. And, you know, I got, I did it easily. Uh, I mean, I was, wow. I was like their hero. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I mean, think about back in the day. How many people were squatting 500 pounds? Well, no. In, in fact, you know, I, I had ran into a guy that was, uh, oh, he, he was sort of a real egotist, and he was in my weight class, and he'd been training too to break that record, the 460. And right. he bothered me for about an hour, telling me everything he'd he'd done. Like I gave a damn about how right. he was training. All he did every exercise under the sun, and he went on and on and on. And when the weight came up to you know uh, about four fifty four, he re he recalled that I hadn't done anything yet. And he, <laughs> he he swallowed his uh, his tongue about, and he said, "John, where are you starting?" He says, I'm, I'm going to get this record at 460. I says, well, it won't be a record too long because I'm starting at 500. <laughs> and he, he, about died. He, he missed all his attempts. It rattled yeah, him so badly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he had the power for it anyway based on uh, – because, he, like I said, he must have been doing uh, 20, 30 sets of every exercise known to man, uh, yeah. which wouldn't have given him the strength. Uh, and talk uh, talk about not to interrupt you. Talk about wearing your body out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Twenty or thirty sets. I oh, mean, God. come on, will you? Well, you know, Jesus. this guy was a whack job anyway, and he, he you know, yeah. uh, I don't think no matter how he would have trained, you know, he would have been you know good for that record squat. But you yeah. know, uh, obviously, you know, he never never had a chance to try it again. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I can't because. I'm going to tell you this. I never asked John about chains prior to when we just talked five minutes ago. I mean, it's amazing. And, you know, the most amazing thing is, you know, like you said, you know, you're kind of walking blindly into things. You know, you talk to Paul Anderson. You have correspondence with him. You're reading Strength and Health. You know, the real Iron Man, Perry Rader, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And you get a lot of this information. And as I said in the beginning when you and I came on, the two guys here talking today, among many, there's nobody I know on here that's not, are so authentic and are doing, have been doing, and will be doing more and more of this unique stuff. And to me, this is very unique. And, you know, when they talk about, I don't really like the word athlete anymore because of what I equate with athletes now, and I don't care for most of them but i will say this they could say well you know you just grind it let me tell you something that power rack that's an athletic event well you're right and eric you know the one thing too that you you mentioned early 
yeah, earlier yeah. on is that this is an ongoing thing. Uh, yeah. Even though, you know, I've been doing this for quite a while, and so have you, uh, yep. there's always something that's coming up uh, that you'll think, hey, I'm going to try this. This might really work. And then all yep. of a sudden you find out you have success with it. And here's another new what I call a rack wrinkle that yeah, maybe nobody's ever done before. Like I, nope. I told you earlier this year, I was in kind of a dilemma. The doctor told me I had a very big blood clot. Yeah, uh, yep. you know, and from going on a vacation of all things, you sit in a car and these develop. And they yep. they said, well, you got to be very careful. We want you to exercise it uh, and so forth, uh, but be real careful. And I said, well, I said the stuff I do is really heavy. Uh, and yeah. they said, well, maybe you better not do that, uh, yep. but just go. So I had the, the uh, option of going into the rack, which I was not going to not do. Uh, and I started doing holds and so forth uh, on a lighter scale. Yeah. Uh, and I thought and all of a sudden I'm feeling things are strengthening even doing that. So I slowly yep. build up. And it's like you said uh, later on. You get that gets to snowballing. So, yeah. so you know, yeah. uh, now I'm going up in pondages every workout and, uh, you know, I'm up to pretty good stuff for for an old guy. So, it, yeah, but but you know what, you know, old guy or not, however you interpret it. Well, I think I think they're always saying, well, I found the fountain of youth. We found the fountain of youth. Oh, absolutely. That rack, mm-hmm. that, that rack is the fountain of youth. The thing is. You and I are going to just keep educating like we've been doing for the last year or two here. And, you know, when we go out and we see an etched or I get a note from somebody that says, you know, John wrote this thing out in the blog or you guys are talking about this. And I hear you talk about maybe you'll do a book or whatever. Look, John's got more than enough material. He doesn't need me. But the point of the matter is this. I've got a ton of material here. And with he and I working closely here with this power rack work, who knows what's going to come out of this. Now, I would be more inclined because, eh, you know, people, I love books still, but most people don't. They want it on Kindle or they want something download right away. I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me one way or the other. What I want to do is I want to get this information out to the masses. And M&M is the way to get it out to the masses. As we keep growing, as we keep getting new tentacles out there to things, who knows what's going to come out of this camp. I've said before, I've got six products. I've worked with other people. I worked with Eric Gutman. Who I think he was in maybe maybe 40 at the time or in his early 40s, and all I had him doing was dead stop presses, standing in the rack, and I had him doing squats, dead stop squats. Now at that age, most people would say you're not going to put anything. On. I I think he put like 21 pounds on. Oh sure. And it and it wasn't fat either, folks. And anybody that knows Eric can go take a look at him. What I'm saying is the response from this type of training and the way you begin to train your body and your mind and your spirit, which is most important. You know, most people don't want to hear about God or whatever. Well, you can call it whatever you want, but here's the biggest thing of all. If you have no belief, nothing's going to happen for you. I mean, you can go in that rack, do it this week, that week, but what's going to happen when the shit hits the fan? And believe me, if you were here yesterday, I told John, I should have never done it. I, I know, I think my bench might be 30 to 40 pounds, one of the lighter ones. I was so pissed. I picked that thing up. I bet I threw it 10 feet. 
I was like a, a, a lunatic, man. I was like, no way this is happening. I'll tell you what it was. I don't like safety squat bars. I'm sure I'm going to get flack about this. I don't like the way they feel on your neck. I don't like the way they bend you over. Um, that shit is done here. Done. And I'm doing it for a specific reason, but I don't like things wrapped around a bar that are wrapped like a collar around my neck. I've already designed a brand new bar. John, why don't you say, tell them the name of it, because you named it. Oh, well, I've named this after my uh, dear old friend, Dr. Leonard Swartz, who developed heavy hands. And what people don't realize is that as he evolved into training, uh, he found an aerobic, uh, isometric type of thing. It was a moving isometric. Uh, and Eric will be telling you about this a bit later, probably. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. he called this isotonometrics, which is, yep. uh, you know, uh, isometrics through movement. Okay. Yep. And that's what this bar will do because obviously it's a rack bar where it's meant to be uh, moved yep. a short distance. But, yep. you know, what, what I get a kick out of, too, is Eric talking about uh, training, training old age. I just read uh, something this morning that was uh, very meaningful to me, especially being that I'm uh, just approaching middle age. I tell my wife all the time. Uh, <laughs> I love it. But the, uh, the thing is that uh, the statement was today is as young as you're ever going to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, and, you know, my goal here in training with the with the uh, power rack and a lot of this has to do with Eric's uh, constant badgering me and incentive on this <laughs> is to see just how much I can exploit this tool that I've loved so much my whole life into, uh, you know, the senior years uh, yeah. to be delicate. And right now it's going really damn good. <laughs> yeah, because how many senior citizens, they fall, they break a hip. That's the end of them. You know what I mean? They get they get pneumonia or they never get out. You know, the, the, the point of the matter is here, I think more than anything, and this goes with anything you do, but especially with the power rack, because we'll get in, I'm sure, the next show about rewiring and everything is this. The, the more confidence you exude, obviously, a lot of things that people have, these conditions and their belief system and all that, is not going to touch you. And then secondly, I think more than anything, as mad as I was yesterday at what went down, I still had a good, clean head when I finished. And I'm not going to say it didn't bother me. I'm still thinking about it a little bit today because I'm going out tonight. We're going to do a little bit different thing. I'm not going to discuss that yet. And we're going to see what happens until the bar is built. Mm-hmm. Now, well, see, this is, this, is, this is where mad is good. It's actually yeah. stimulated yeah. you to do something uh, even better, and it gets you to think. That's like I, I told you before. Uh, yeah. I go in sometimes to this little commercial gym that my wife goes to because they have this real nice new hammer strength power rack that, I, that I'm really liking. But I'll go in yep. there, and we'll go in early in the morning, and there'll be some goofball uh, in there doing curls with, uh, you know, uh, the Olympic bar with uh, two 10-pound plates on it inside right, inside right. my rack. And he'll do set after set after And this gets me mad. So by the time I do get in there, <laughs> I'm lifting good. <laughs> yeah. I'm lifting heavy stuff because I'm just mad uh, at this clown that uh, was misusing a power rack. Absolutely. But you know what? This is the idea. Let's, let's get these dopes educated um and 
start you look even if they don't want to come on board we look at the young kids that we're associated with all right we got three right now let's go out and get three thousand and don't say it can't be done because it can be done the thing is we've got to become and i hate that word but i i don't care mainstreamed to a point what i'm saying is it's got to be put in a way and shown in a way where they're going to say you know what i want to play football next year what would John or Eric do right now? Well, you know, Eric, Eric, let me interrupt you a second. Yeah, go ahead. This, this is a pet peeve of mine uh, with all athletic teams, college and high school, uh, is why are they not using the power rack? Because, right. you know, instead of doing these bodybuilding routines and set after set of bench presses, which I consider one of the most ridiculous exercises of all time for an athlete. Absolutely. Uh, is Absolutely. Why aren't they using a power rack? They could be done with their training and do a lot more intensity and a lot better results in, in 20 minutes of training than, than they're wasting from their main practice of whatever sport they're in. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Go I ahead. mean, uh, you know, uh, if some of these guys wanted to cut it down, uh, it's like Bill March said, his training time when he was doing his very best uh, back in the 60s was 18 seconds. I'm not, I'm not saying minutes. He did three yeah. six-second holds uh, yep. without a warm-up or anything. He was just, That was it. And he was setting world records and won a Mr. Universe. Now, yeah, and, a kid go could go into this, uh, you know, these athletes could just take a very minimal time, two or three times a week, be stronger than they'd ever dreamed about, and take absolutely nothing from the skill practice, which is so important for their sports. Well, you know something, though? It all goes back to the whole political realm in sports, too. Well, will we need a strength coach anymore? We need 15 strength coach assistants? No, you wouldn't. So, and not only that, look, I've talked to a lot of strength coaches, quote unquote, it's the same old shit all the time. Why Why in high school we talked about this, John, and I, I've talked to my brother-in-law about this. Why are you still doing power cleans? <laughs> why and they'll say well it makes you strong and explosive i said you want me to tell you something you can get strong and so explosive in a rack you could get so explosive flipping a tire all that stuff you go back to the old things like i always k we got a product here i haven't put out it's um it's called the hard hat routine and basically what this is i'm not going to say everything and i'll give you one hint to it one of the big features in this program is a wheelbarrow. Why did I do this? Because it was really dedicated to men, and there were women doing it way back when, that had to manually earn their living. Okay? Some still do, obviously, but there's probably more tech now and all that stuff than ever. Is it good, bad, or in between? Um, well, I think if you're not being mobile and doing things, and picking things up, and putting them down, and walking with things, uh, I would say you're probably doing the wrong thing. Uh-huh. But that's that's your choice. That's why we're here to educate you. But my whole point of the matter is this. The idea here with the power rack, with anything we're talking about here, is, is, couple, is really twofold. It's this. 
you you what you learn to do is you learn to not only you know we talk about goals, success, all that. Well, you've got to learn how to do those things if you want to carry on in life, whether it's personal, obviously professional, or you want to stay in the stuff we love to do, which is physical culture. Secondly, is this. I remember Dr. Ken Leisner years ago. You know, I used to read him. You know, he was in hard gain or all that stuff. And he had these little pamphlets, too, you could get, all this stuff. And um, I remember saying, it always stuck in my head, uh, there's nothing like walking strong, walking strong. To me, that, that kind of resonated in my head because the power rack, man, I, I've walked out of that garage some nights where I swear to God, I thought my whole, from the top of my head right down to my ass crack, had a steel, multiple steel rods through it. How many times do I talk about, I've yelled John's name out, Paul Anderson, Doug Hepburn, Steve Check, when I feel I'm struggling or I'm just not fucking where I should be mentally, and I'll tell you why I do it, I'll yell their name out. Do you know what happens right there? We talked about the paradigm shift. You got five seconds now to concentrate. If I yell John's name out and I'm yelling it out because I've got to get under this bar right now and move the biggest squat two inches and do a six-second push against it, that's what it does. You got five seconds after I say John to move that bar, and I will tell you unequivocally that I've done it almost every time. Okay? I've done that with Stones, you know, Steve Jack. To me, he put Iceland back on the map. Everybody started going after he went in in the 90s. All right? So a guy that basically was a hell of an athlete, Highland Games, but he went over there, to me, he, he really made a mark. And that's what I'm saying about all this stuff with the hard hat course, with the power rack, with the stones, whatever it is, you have this focus, this this focal point in your life. And when you do feel like you're going down and you yell out John's name or Paul Anderson or any of these guys that mean something, that have done something to you, whether you've read about them for years or whatever, I'm telling you right now, in that next five seconds, you got a chance to make history. It's all yours, John. <laughs> what two things on, on what you just said? One thing is, uh, I, I got to watch if if ever I get into that calling out the name stuff uh, that I don't yep. yell out a woman's name because my wife will be done <laughs> beating the living piss out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be a real smart move at this yeah, point I'll at tell all. You, tell you what, yeah, I wouldn't want that to happen even by accident. No. But the other no, thing, no, you'd be. A- other thing being with with the hard hat thing, uh, you yeah. know, it recalled a, a memory back when I was young and into training and everything. Uh, the the best built, one of the best built guys I ever saw in my life was a guy that was uh, digging ditches and yeah. and using a wheelbarrow. Which, if you think about it, a wheelbarrow is just sort of a form of a mobile power rack. Uh, yes, it is. You know, but the the fact is that guys that did that type of labor. Uh, mm-hmm. just had awesome builds. Uh, you know, I, I can still see this guy, the most defined muscular specimen I'd ever seen. Now, didn't stop to get his name or anything else, but you know, <laughs> that's what he was yeah. doing, you know? Yeah. But he can put the rubber to the road. See, that's the difference between then and now. Yeah. And then my favorite form of, uh, exercise, what, 
you know, when I wasn't lifting when I was young was when I had to go out and dig something. I just loved to do yeah. that. Get out yeah. in the sun yeah. and just dig and dig and dig. And uh, there are a lot of power in that. Hell yeah. Well, I'll tell you. And the kids now, I feel bad for them because they've ne- most of them have not done manual unless you're on a farm or, you know, your father or mother or both are both into that type of work. Um, you know, in, in my life, that hasn't been long, long. I mean, I've never seen so many kids, even adults, out of shape. I mean, if I was a guy, and, you know, you can guess maybe they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s. And I mean, if you're wearing a nine-month belly like you're pregnant, yeah, you got some problems, man. If you know, and and you can go out and buy the $150 sneakers and the nice trendy shorts, and you know these people crack me up. They're all out there wearing T-shirts that are advertising for everybody else. That'd be the day. You know, it's like you went out and just spent probably $40 on a T-shirt with somebody's name on it. I can't figure that. You know, <laughs> so. So, you know, I look at it this way is, you know, we talked about Dre and we talk about Danny and all that. And it's like, I'm with you 100%. I mean, I've got, it looks to me, um, a, a gentleman who's come over here many times because he put a lot of weight on. He's got some serious stuff right now and he's probably going to come back here and I'm going to have to get 100 pounds off him. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, it's not going to be hard on my end. We're going to do things a little bit different than we did before. One of the things that we're going to be doing, obviously, um, we're going to be doing heavy hands and and some of the things John wrote about. And John just sent me a thing that with some isometrics, we're going to be getting into some different things with him. But I will tell you this, probably he's going to do more walking with a sandbag than he ever has in his life. Um, I've got three movements that are absolutely crushing deadly that will not only make you strong. You know, John talked about the construction guy pushing the wheelbarrow. Well, I, that's, I don't want to give what I'm going to do, but he's going to be doing that. He's going to be doing swings to a tire like he never has before. I'm not going to get him in the rack yet because he's not even close. He's a year easily away. I want to get him so stripped down and so strong at him because I figure right now he's around 300 pounds and he's in he's bad the worst I've ever seen him he's been here three times prior to this I want to get him down to a solid 200 pounds and I mean solid that's not going to happen overnight because I'm not going to push that style on him real hard I'll kill him literally I know that so we're going to be doing a lot of interesting things here, things he's done with me before, but now we're going to be really, really tuning into this style fully. Now, as we get down the road and we start popping more and more weight off him, what did I say I wanted to do with Danny? Get him in the power rack, get him at whatever point I want to train him. This would be what I do with Dennis. All we do is take in an empty Olympic bar and start pushing against stuff and pulling now i have the idea and i've read things a long time ago we know this type of of training can harden you like nothing you've ever seen before no one's ever talked about this that i know of with any type of weight loss john i'm sure does and knows obviously um who knows where we're going to go with him with this 
But the main thing right now is we've got to get his body weight down and get him so he can walk without running out of breath. This, once again, comes all into what we're talking about. The isometrics, the holds, the carries, the swings, the pushes, the pulls, the timing. See, this is where... This is where I'm very blessed to have people like John and all the years I've read, you know, whether it was stuff with Doug Hepburn, obviously Anthony Dottillo. We didn't even hit Dottillo today. All right. Amazing, amazing people. Perry Rader. Look at the stuff he put out. Unbelievable. It's all yours, John. I could go on for another week. Well, yeah, it's it, it's all all exciting and everything. And uh, you know, I, I I like what you're saying about uh, training this fella and the the weight loss and everything. I I know when I yep. uh, first got into heavy hands, uh, I had pretty much been discouraged with powerlifting. Powerlifting uh, at that time, I think I was like just turning 40 and uh, it was getting boring to me, the same lifts. And uh, I'd I'd seen all the the new multi-ply suits and the drugs coming in that just made it no fun for natural, you know, trainees like myself. Uh, And that's when uh, Dr. Schwartz came out with that heavy hands book. And Boy, yeah. that was like a you know a breath of life. I, I wasn't real heavy then, but uh, I think I weighed 158. But I thought, well, I'm going to do this in conjunction with weightlifting. And all of a sudden, uh, you know the you know the weight went down and everything. And uh, soon enough, I found myself down at 132 pounds. Holy cow! Yeah, I, I, wow. maybe I overdid it, but I felt great, and it, it, yeah. it got me into the Masters Olympic lifting briefly. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, since then, I find out I can tr- control my body weight any way I want to or any time I want to uh, just by going with stuff like this, like you're suggesting. Also, yeah. you know, with, with the, the many things, the manual labor type of things, two guys I can't ever help but thinking about uh, that were super, super strong uh, were uh, – uh, Steve Schmidt and Steve Justa. Yep. Now these yep. guys lifted phenomenal pondages, and they were they were both farmers. Yeah. yeah. So yep. they they did that work their whole lives and everything. In fact, Steve Schmidt often told me he hardly had ever any time to train because the farm work was was too important and uh, took too much of his time. So he sure. he just do once a week sets of uh, usually hip lifts or something, uh, and, and that gave him strength all over. Hell yeah! So, I mean, look, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. I the didn't same mean to cut with you Steve Justa, except he did it a yeah. little different. He he used to get these odd damn pieces of angle iron weighing you know like 1,200 pounds and walk with them on his shoulders. Unreal. Uh, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, his overall strength was amazing. But then he discovered, or the doctor told him, "Hey, you're you're too much overweight. This is hard." Yeah. Uh, so he went with a complete isometric system. Uh, yep. And the last I saw him, he was down to like 200 pounds and ripped like hell. Oh, I'm sure, and stronger than dirt. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, you still know? strong. That's right. Well, you, you know what? Too. Um, I got to think because I think I forgot the question I was going to ask. Um, you know, and, and I, this time with Dennis, I'm not going to call it weight loss. I'll come up with something real good um, because you, you just hear that all over. But, oh, this is what I want to ask you. 
I think walking with a heavy, well, what I, obviously we're not going to start out with super heavy. What I'm going to do with him is we're going to make increments of 20 pound sandbags. So we might end up making like five to eight of them. And I've got tons of sandbags here and, and you know, the bags you can put them in, but I want to have stuff that, you know, okay, well, he's ready for a little more we'll just you know we're we might as well buy uh into somebody that's making duct tape because i imagine we're going to be using more of that than ever and you know maybe he needs to go up five pounds so we tape a five pound plate onto the top onto the bag and away we go but my point is and this is what i want to really ask you john with objects and i i know what i feel about it do you feel that walking with objects is probably one of the best movements? We're talking outside of the rack because we can do anything with a bag. But what do you feel like, you know, well, walking with implements? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, uh, Dr. Schwartz's second book uh, yeah. was called Heavy Hands Walking. Uh, and th- he was a big believer in that. Uh, he eventually shifted to, and it was still walking, uh, sh- yep. shadow boxing with light dumbbells. Yep. Uh, and uh, he and I both agreed. Uh, not only was this uh, more beneficial because you tend to uh, be leaning and making all kind of moves and everything uh, yep. that that reached more of the muscle. But the fact was, it was fun because while you're doing it. Uh, what you're doing is envisioning actually, uh, you know, for want of something nicer to say, killing somebody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and you're running yeah. around it. And, and the only <laughs> the only danger of anybody ever getting killed was when I do this around the house and knock over one of my light wife's lamps. <laughs> it wasn't me that was killing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, yeah. She'd end up coming out and hitting yeah, you. I mean, she wears around the house and to the gym. She has a shirt. That says, I am not bossy, I am the boss. There you go, man. <laughs> and, that and, says and, it right and there. And all of us, you know, uh, Sean, Rob, Dre, me, we've yep. learned yep. to respect that. To the, yep. to the point of, you know, getting along with the shadow boxing, which is walking. Uh, Sean and I uh, were involved in a, a, a martial art uh a World War II combatives thing, and we developed the whole system where you're moving around, walking, uh, and isometrically restricting. I mean, you're still moving, doing all these yep. hand blows, and yep. it, it's been terrific for for you know working us out and burning the calories. But it was yeah. at the one point where Sean, Rob, and I were done at our one big summer training camp for these combatives, yeah. and we were always ahead of everybody because we did this a lot and they had a, uh, like a contest among all these people. These are former military people, uh, a lot of police and about every martial art you could think of. They wanted to learn yep. this stuff. We had yep. battles with the pugil stick, Marine pugil stick. And the idea was how, how much, uh, could you stress the other guy or, uh, you know, put this other guy out? Well, it turned out that at the end of this whole camp, and there were a lot of guys, and like I said, military people that had done this, and it was the three of us that were the head of the thing. Sean ended up wow. winning it all because he was more, wow. more agile than, than Robert, and they did it a couple of years in a row, then had to stop because nobody else had a chance again. <laughs> <laughs> Love but it. The, but the guy's it. wife, the, the head of our system, wife 
came yeah. up to the three of us one time and they said, oh, my God, you know, you three are so violent out there. They said, how does your poor mother put up with it? And we all looked at each other and we said, the only yeah. person on earth that we feel fear it's her. is her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I mean, wow. Yeah, I, I just think all that stuff is phenomenal. I'm looking forward to doing more things with those heavy hands and the <laughs> isometrics. Make, make it and fun for your the, the guy yeah. that's coming in because if you make it fun like that uh, and, uh, you know, even put in, a like I said, a combative el- element – Sure. Hey, this sure. is self protection as well as anything else. Uh, that then it does Absolutely. become fun because you get a visualization in that. It's not just like walking and slaying right. a tune or anything. Now you're visualizing something, and uh, uh, you know that that's such an important part of everything that we do. It's sort of like you Absolutely. said, calling out your name, somebody's name, and everything that really yeah. inspires yeah. you. That gives you that yeah. visualization. Yeah, like I said, you got five seconds to do it, and and it's forgotten, and you don't want to do that. And, you know, if you could be, um, without even me knowing that, if you were standing out in front of my house and you heard that, I know, it. I mean, you're used to that type, but I'm telling you right now, if you didn't, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on back there? (laughs) Because I can tell you this. My buddy Richie, who was a killer Olympic lifter, and we were doing rack work back here, obviously, a lot. And my sister came over one day because she had to drop some stuff off to my mom, who wasn't here at that point. So I've told everybody, my driveway's 95 feet right to the sidewalk. Now, my sister's known me my whole life. And she came back, right? And she was just coming back kind of slow. And I said, what's up? And she goes... I almost didn't come back here. It sounded like people were being murdered back here. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, see, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, you never know. That. Look, I know we're right near the end of time, but I want to ask you two que- or at least one question, and then we'll get you back on. Um, back in the day, obviously, you know, we know you had correspondence. You spoke to Paul Anderson and everything. And I know there's probably multiple people you admired in physical culture. Is there one weightlifter, I'm going to call him, or physical culturist, somebody, who did John McKean, or who does he still admire, whether he's living with us or he's no longer here, and, and I'm sure there's more, but give me a name, Oh, well, just throw a name out. I mean, there, there, there's been so many, uh, and guys that I've seen and everything, uh, of course, right. course, Paul Anderson, like we've spoken, is probably still the strongest man of all time, uh, and, yep. and Bruce Randall because that was my start in lifting, uh, will always yep. be there. Uh, John Grimmick would, would have to be outstanding, because I, yep. I talked to him a number of times, stood right beside him, uh, and this guy was, was like a, a cinder block. Uh, so, yep. you know, it, it's, it would be yeah. hard for me to ever uh, pinpoint one, uh, I mean, I, I used to train with uh, and was on the same team with uh, the super heavyweight power lifter, Don Reinhold. Wow. And, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Don was such a sweetheart of a guy. Uh, yep. And, and uh, funny thing about that is the one time we were lifting at a local meet. He came in later. I, I just got through lifting and everything. And, and we talked and everything. And for whatever reason, the uh, the meat promoter, even though Don set 
you know, all kind of records there. Obviously, at a local meet, uh, this guy was a superstar. He did a big write-up, and it was my picture and talking about me winning best lifter in the lighter class. And I thought, Don's going to kill me when he sees me. Yep, yep, yep. But, hey, you know what? I can't wait till we talk again uh, on another show because it's just there's so much information you know, you've been around, and you've got to see the best of the best. You've been the best of the best. Um, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I just admire that era so much. It, like I said, you know, it, it just seems, you know, when you talk, you can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. Well, those still. were exciting times. I mean, if, if yeah, you were yeah. ever at one of the York picnics. Picnics, With all these yeah, greats yeah. around you. And, I mean, they yeah, were just yeah. like picnickers. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's 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 not that way today, man. It's just different. No, it you know it, it mean? really was magical. I mean, if if yeah. you went to a meet like in York or something, uh, there there was just uh, an aura about it. Yeah. Well, you know what it is too, John. I thought of the word now. When I hear you talk or I read any of the older stuff, you know, and I'm careful what I read because who knows. It's it's optimism. That's the word. It's it always sounds like no matter what. And and whether it was truly always like that or not, this is what I said when I go out tonight, because I got to do something totally ass backwards. I've never done. But I'm optimistic as hell. Number one, it's going to work. And secondly, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to 7 p.m. tonight. We're still a long ways away from it. But what I'm saying is. Another opportunity to strike gold tonight and write about it and then talk about the new bar coming down the road and all that. You know, this is when we talk about being creative. We have things that happen. You can take two approaches to everything. The woe is me approach, or you say, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to figure it out no matter what. And if things have to go down the road, we got to do things, then we do it. But now we have an opportunity to go out and not only keep rolling at a high rate, but now we even come out with a product that's going to go out and help a ton of people, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know what, too, is, uh, you know, it's like you say, the, the rack training and the, when you do the super heavy stuff uh, and you start thinking along with that, it, it's like it's a spark plug. It's magic. Yeah, yeah. It really and, is. And man, when some of these ideas work, then you can carry them to, you know, untold of heights, even though yep. later on down the line, uh, some physiologist or something will come and say, well, you know, that stuff you did was completely bullshit. It should never have worked. Exactly. But it did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I said with you in the beginning. The, the word, four letters, it's called will. Yep. And when you have that type of will, let me tell you, it, it, you know, John and I talked about momentum. Think about the snowball that starts at the ta- top of Mount Everest and comes down. What's going to happen? Faster and bigger. And don't get in its way because it's going to kill you. Well, you it's going to run you right over. Mark Twain always inspired me with his quote, uh, yep. you know, if you have enthusiasm with ignorance, you can't fail. I agree. Because we talked about the chains and this and that. You don't know anything. You're going into something blind, but yet, and this is what Doc Ridge always says, innate intelligence. Learn to listen to yourself from the inside out, not the outside in. I got one last question before we we sign off. Marvin Eater. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 
I, I grew up seeing more of an eater, you know, in, in the yeah. magazines and everything. And, and this guy, yeah. you know, uh, was, if not the greatest ever, he could have been, yeah. uh, he could have been an Olympic champion. Uh, he could have been uh, a powerlifting champion. This is way before powerlifting. And he, sure. he would have won every physique contest uh, at the time. Just uh, completely phenomenal. Uh, and you know he got screwed so bad yep. because he was yep. caught between organizations. Uh, they they uh, successfully kept him from uh, lifting or uh, competing in the AAU, uh, yep. and he ended up quitting like at twenty years of age. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was unreal. Uh, and, uh, you know, yet the stuff he did was phenomenal. And if you read a little bit about his history, hell, he, he grew up poor as a church moss, didn't have anything yep. to eat basically from the time up to he was 12. I think his diet when he was young was like a cup of coffee in the morning. You know, wow. that, that was it. You know, uh, and uh, he never was a big eater, so he never had protein or supplements. And right, he developed right. this awesome body. Uh, I think maybe that's a trick is, uh, you know, being deprived when you're young. And then when your body catches up at puberty, it just goes absolutely. berserk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, that guy was unbelievable. I mean, all the pictures and what he could dip and press and yeah, anything I ever read, it was always, always that fight between Weeder and Hoffman yeah, that killed yeah, him. You yeah. know, and that that's too bad. Um, I got to ask one more, and that's it. Um, Rio Blair. Yeah. The the protein man. Uh huh. Um, what were your thoughts on Rio Blair? Well, you know, he was he was a businessman and everything. Yeah, I know that. Uh, yep, but yep. but uh, he made this milk and egg protein, which, by the way, I used. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I still use a milk and egg protein. Uh, yep. In fact, hard to find. Well, yeah, but what, you know, Milo has a good one, by the way. But right, uh, right, what, right. Growing up until this day, my two boys, who were both well, one's forty, one's thirty-eight. Uh, that was their breakfast since they were <laughs> before grade school. They'd have they'd have it. juice with this protein, yep. and, and yep. to this day, that's my breakfast: coffee yep. with two scoops of milk and egg protein. But uh, yep. you know, I, I was I was on the Rio Blair stuff for quite a while, and I made good good gains with it. I didn't go crazy with supplements, but that was, uh, you know, a protein because I didn't usually have time to take breakfast. So I, I yeah. took that, uh, and uh, he made a good product. He was a businessman uh, yeah. yep. and, you know, a bit of a phony because that wasn't even his name. His, no, his right. name was right. Irvin Johnson, which was uh, yep. too plain for yep. him. And uh, so yep. he changed it for some – he explained it somewhere, but it all had to do with business. Yeah, well, he was big with the Hollywood stars and all that. You can't have Irvin Johnson. You got to have Rio Blair. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? That exactly. But all his pro, you know, the the yeah. guys, the West Coast guys that took his protein with pure cream were the best bodybuilders yep. at the time. I yep. mean, Larry, Larry yep. Scott, Geronda, you know, the, the whole yep. group uh, took this. And like you said today, uh, you know, it's very hard to find. A good milk and egg protein. And yeah, I've I've looked into that. Um, you have to buy too much to have it produced. Yeah. And milk milk and eggs right now are just absolutely off the chart. And I'd like to do things a little bit different. And I think you know um, 
you can't really do raw milk. I mean, you get probably in trouble with that. And if not, you'd have liability up the ass because they blame it on that if they got sick and all that. But yeah, I agree. You know, and I was like I told you, I was I was reading some articles on eggs today. Real interesting stuff, you know, obviously they've talked about these guys taking, you know, three dozen a day. You can't do that indefinitely, but all these studies saying it blows your cholesterol up, it's a bunch of bullshit. It really no, is. We, we did all like, that shit when we were young. We, 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 right, we right. gulped on raw eggs. Uh, you yep. know, we'd get, go to a farm with raw milk. Uh, yep. and, and that was good stuff, by the way. <laughs> good stuff, man. I still drink it. I Look. I, I put heavy cream in anything I make, protein-wise. I still drink. There's a farm here. I get a quart of it a week. Every week I drink a quart of it. They're like, my brother says, well, your arteries are going to be hardened up. I said, highly unlikely. And if I do, if they do, then I was wrong. I mean, I you know, this is my point, John, and we'll wind it up, is this. You can't walk through life being afraid of everything. There's enough shit out there and enough people telling you in the world today, if you buy into it, it's like you need to be looking over your shoulder or hiding under your bed. Well, we weren't brought up that way. No, you way. can't be. I mean, you know, you can't uh, you know my my, yeah. my son, Sean, starts telling me about this flat earth theory. So I'm worried I'm yeah. going to walk someplace and just fall off the edge. So <laughs> anything could damn kill you these days. Absolutely. So I just tell everybody, hey, forget all that shit, uh, all the politics, yep. everything that's going on in the world. You know, just go out and do your lifting and forget all this stuff. Absolutely, it's the best. Place. I go lifting, I John, go fishing, it... and that's it. <laughs> well, that's and that's fine. That's very good. Um, is there anything? Do you want? I mean, obviously, I know you're not website or anything. Is there anything if people wanted to send you a note? Or just send them to here and I can forward them to you? Anything like that before I do my end? Oh, yeah. I mean, anybody can always contact me. I mean, the, the, the numbers in the phone book, uh, you know, uh, yep. my, my uh, what you call it, emails out there. Fate. You know, I, I just have to, you know, it's like you say, you've yeah. got to watch because there's so many uh, uh, companies and phonies out there trying to get a hold of you. Well, what about, can they, do you look at your Facebook? Can they get a hold oh, yeah, of you from yeah, Facebook? Yeah, I look at that okay. all the time. All right. Well, that would, be, that would be the best thing, I would think. You know, if you need to, we want to throw some questions or get some advice from John, you know, contact him through Facebook. That's the way Just to do it. Just identify right. yourself as a lifter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. We, we, don't, we don't want anybody, you know, not. That's the way it is. Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. As I said, go out to, um, well, if you like John and I to do a particular show, Fiorello Barbell at NICAP.R.com. I'm sure we can do anything. We haven't even scratched the surface, as they say today, but there's a lot of good information, let me tell you. Also, too, um, don't forget. We are on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've gotten. We appreciate that. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts. If you want to get motivation muscle in your car, you can go out to AHA Directory, which is pronounced AHA. Don't forget to go out to uh, Fiorello Barbell Co. Download Winners and Champions. Also, too, get involved and invest in FBC and M&M. You can do that right on FiorelloBarbellCo.com. The page is called Prosperity. Also, too, go out to uh, MotivationMuscle.com slash category slash podcast. John's show will be up Tuesday, so now we begin the trek with John, and we'll see how many of those we can get up and get out because there is so much material, 
And as I'm doing stuff tonight with the bar and the new bars coming out, and John and I are talking about all this other strategy with the racks, we got stuff with Dennis coming up here. We've got Danny. We've got Dre. We've got Charlie's son. Um, there is just stuff, and I've got stuff right now. At 1130, I have a meeting. Uh, that is the marketing gentleman who we've already done all the social media, fixed it. Um, and now we go the next phase, which is the websites, and we begin marketing like crazy here. So it's very exciting stuff. There's not enough hours in the day, even though I, there's a lot of stuff I just squished down. Um, it never stops, and when it's good, it's good. When it's uh, not so good, you just got to uh, beat it back a few yards, and you'll be all right. Also, too, um, don't forget about going out and signing up on Motivation Muscle, our MailChimp uh, account. That'll take you in there. You'll get anything I put out. We put tons of content out. Don't forget, too, about coming in here and investing in advertising. The rates are all there. I will work very hard for you and I so we can just keep furthering our cause and make this a national radio show. That is the ultimate dream here. And also, too, our um, our um, YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. As I said, um, if someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give them five words to, of inspiration. As we know, five words can change your life forever. Also, too, as my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You never know what people are going through. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. The great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher says in blood red, domination. We are domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone. Dominate obliterate and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, who's been listening to Eminem from the beginning, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It's more like a tidal wave now, brother, and it gets higher and wider every day. Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor, repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever, who we lost last month, four years to cancer. John was like a father to me. He was such a great guy. He would walk every patient in the door. He didn't have a secretary, and he would open the door for him and tell him, keep smiling. Say that to yourself. Keep smiling no matter how your day is going. I'm telling you right now, you will have a grin from ear to ear. Also, to be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends. How about a million? Tell a million of your friends about us because we won't kick your door in. We'll blow the roof off your house. Join our family here. Be part of Etched in Stone. Be part of Etched in Stone for kids. Take these shows like today's show. Send them out everywhere. This is how we're just going to keep growing this beautiful thing, this dream this creation, bigger and bigger. Like I say with everybody, John is now another spoke in the wheel here. Another one added. And another one will be added after John. This is so important, believe me. Um, I got to make sure I got everything. Yeah, Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you and we got your back. And before I sign off with John... 
You're all winners, you're all champions, and you're all unstoppable. And I say this at the end, you're all geniuses, and don't let anybody ever tell you anything different. It's what you believe is where you're going. It's your belief system. Stick with it. I'm telling you right now, keep sticking with us. Keep listening to these shows with headphones or earbuds. I'm telling you, you didn't hear anything yet with this show until you put a set of earbuds in your ears and play it over and over and over. John, this is my honor to have you on. I've, you know, read, talked to you for a lot of years. I can't tell you how important this was to me, and I welcome you to the family, and I hope you'll be with us for the next 30 years, my friend. Well, thanks, Eric. Uh, It just uh, blows my mind that we're done so soon. It seems like we just started here, and uh, you're right. we got a jillion things to talk about, about the real training and everything. Hell yeah. And you know something? We've got the platform, we've got the people, and we got you now. So now we're going to be extra dangerous out there. So... For John McKean, this is Eric Fiorello. This show, like I said, will be up Tuesday. You know, keep listening. I'm telling you, I'm going to try to have Dr. Wong show up. We did Friday. Man, was that thing electric. Um, I'm trying to remember what we called it. Um, It's called building up before blowing up. And you can put in many, many things when I talk about that title, and you're going to find out. So, For John McKean, this is Eric Fiorello. Remember this, the world is asking something from you. Go out and do it, because I'm telling you, it will come back tenfold. And remember this, there is nothing we can't do, and I mean that. So, have a great rest of the week. John and I will talk to you next month, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.